Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. days when we used to clap for such things <laughs> good morning and welcome monday on the morning show with preston scott day 13 of the siege show number 4399 yes we click over to 4400 which means this year we get obviously to show 4500 i don't know what we'll do we'll do something to celebrate 4500 shows of this nonsense but we thank you very much for joining us monday february the 1st more on this date in history in just a few moments. That is Grant Allen over there in Studio 1A. Good morning, young man. How are you? Good. Yourself? Doing fine. Proverbs fifteen fifteen. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Joy cannot be stolen. Joy can be surrendered. I've probably said this a dozen or so times over the years. Happiness is superficial. It's surface. It's fleeting. It comes and goes. It is very much circumstantial. Nothing wrong with being happy. Nothing at all. Joy is different. And in our lexicon today... 
we have this habit of intermingling those two words, joyful, happiness, joy, happy. They're very different words. Happiness is surface level. Joy is rooted and anchored deeply. That's why scripture says you're going to face trouble, but when you do, count it all joy. When you face these types of hardships and trials and so forth. So the word here of encouragement is that no matter what happens today, you get to choose your response to it. You may not get to choose what actions you have to or don't have to take. Sometimes they're somewhat prescribed. But the attitude which with which you walk with is your choice today. It's your choice for your children today. Choose joy. Because a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Yeah. Like it. I like it a lot. When we come back, this date in history, we've got, uh, boy, have we got some sound from Project Veritas, my friends. James O'Keefe has done it again. Insiders at Facebook this time. No shady recordings. The video conference of Mark Zuckerberg and his leadership team. And we've got it all. Coming up. Bits and pieces and more on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Um, um, tall? The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Ocean's Eleven kind of music here. Well, now, what's going to happen today? Oh, today's going to be a good show. we got the Chief of Police from Tallahassee, Lawrence Revel. Greg Wrightstone in hour number three. Try to lay out the climatic nonsense that awaits us. <laughs> Next two years, folks. Here's the good news. I hope I hope Democrats do exactly what they want to do. I really do. The only thing we've got to focus on is finding a way to bring integrity back into elections. We got to figure that one out. That is everything. I'm supremely confident. See, we made we conservatives, Republicans, Republicans made a tactical error with Obamacare. And you may remember me arguing this point, and, I, and I'm correct when I, when I argued it, and I'm still correct. I've been proved correct. If they would have let the whole thing come in, let it all come in, the full-fledged Obamacare, it would be gone by now because the hate of it would have been universal. As much as there's some young people that don't understand the distinction that socialism brings, how many changes it brings, the ending of the ladder of upward mobility, it ends with socialism. It ends. You are where you're born. There is a caste system. If we'd have let Obamacare play out, we might be on our way to fixing the health care system because there are problems. 
but Obamacare isn't it, and that's where we're going back to. The next two years, we need to let Democrats, to a certain extent, just do your thing, man. Go ahead. Ruin the economy. Choke it. Put it in a lifelock finishing move. The, the, the elbow right underneath the throat, squeeze the jugular, and let it start tapping out. And then in two years, we have to, we have, to have secured elections. Anyway, that's, that's called common sense to me. This date in history. Let's start with the single most important thing that happened on this date in history. Because it was on this date in 1990 that my son Jordan was born. There is nothing. I mean, look at this list. The Supreme Court convenes for the first time in New York, 1790. Piddly. 200 years before, whatever. Piddly. 1861, Texas secedes from the Union. They're talking about doing it again. Okay, so there's nothing new there. Let's move to uh, 1893. Thomas Edison completes the world's first movie studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Why'd he bother? All he had to do was go around stealing movies like he did. He didn't have to create any. He didn't need a movie studio. He stole other people's movies. So that's unimportant, the fact that he made a movie studio. Who cares? Now, this is good. 1960, four black college students begin a sit-in protest at Woolworth's lunch counter. Can you name them? Can you name them? See, that's why we need to first expand Martin Luther King Day to Civil Rights Day. Learn these stories. Because I've told the story on the show numerous times. It's also why you don't relegate Black History Month to just one month. These types of events. Now, this one happens February 1st. Cool. You you teach this type of thing on February 1st in your history class in U.S. history. But there are all kinds of events sprinkled throughout the year. And that's how you remember things. You don't just focus on it and forget it and that's it. That's, that's patronizing to me. Um, and then 2003, Space Shuttle Columbia disintegrates. All seven crew members gone. You can see why I think the seminal event is my son Jordan's birthday. And so my son, though he hates to think about it, is now 31 years old. Oh, man, how old am I? 16 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show with Preston Scott. Jordan, happy birthday, young man. You are loved more than you know. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. This is crazy! And iHeart's radio station. 21, almost 22 minutes after the hour, the morning show with Preston Scott. My oldest son, Jameson, has gotten me addicted to Premier League soccer. And by extension, World Cup. Um, I've been a fan of women's soccer for a number of years since I covered it for uh, ABC. Just got exposed to it, really enjoyed the strategy, and of course Mark Krikorian, a good friend of mine uh, over the years, and his predecessor Patrick Baker really got the FSU program started, but Patrick uh, you know, moved on to Georgia, and Mark came in and just, boom, it, 
You can argue now FSU has the best soccer program in America for women's soccer. You could make that argument, and it would be very difficult to say otherwise. Um, they have supplanted North Carolina as the best team in the ACC year in and year out now. But that being said, huge fan of Liverpool and the Premier League. And my Jameson makes an interesting point. I used to be of the opinion, ah, oh, man, you just you can go all game and it ends up in a tie. It ends up 0-0 or it ends up 1-1 or whatever. And he said, yeah, but once you get to really appreciating the way the game's played at the highest level, NFL football will seem really slow to you. And he's right. He's right. Football in general, college or pro, is a really slow game. Soccer is constant, and you have to watch all the time. Grant was just looking at highlights of a game yesterday Liverpool played, and the second of three goals that Liverpool scored, understanding three goals, I mean, it's that's 21 points in the NFL, right? I mean, it's a 21-point game, three goals. The second goal, if you missed the defensive play, you missed the goal because it started there. It was two passes and a goal, and it was spectacular. It was, I mean, if you're not a big soccer fan, you look at the level in which some of these people do what they do, and you're just astounded at the skill set. That being said, the American version of football's pinnacle event is this Sunday. It's the Super Bowl. And, you know, I don't dislike Tom Brady, as some people do, including my son, Jason. <laughs> I can't stand him. I don't. I, I, I have no reason to dislike the guy. He's a winner. He is the best to ever play the game if you measure it in terms of winning. And that's how we measure things, right? For all of his skill set, Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. For all of their skills, think about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to get his third MVP. Six MVPs, almost 30 years of great quarterbacking in Green Bay, two Super Bowls. Tom Brady, as of Sunday, will have played in 48% of the Super Bowls since he was drafted in the NFL. Nearly half of them. And I hate to say it, he's getting the last laugh on Bill Belichick because Bill didn't fare so well this year and Tom went to a totally different team that was okay, a good team. You can't deny what Tom Brady has done. He transformed the team. And even though they beat my beloved Green Bay Packers and Green Bay had every chance to win that game, um, I don't think Tampa won that game as much as I think Green Bay lost it, but it doesn't matter. Green, Green, you know, Tampa Bay is a good football team, um, and I'm okay with that. Brady will have more appearances than any other franchise in the NFL other than the New England Patriots when he shows up to a Super Bowl number 10. The Patriots have 11 appearances, and nine of those are under Tom Brady with Tom Brady as quarterback. I mean, you just, you can't, at the worst, he's going to be 60% Super Bowl winner. He could be 70%.
if they somehow beat Kansas City. And and I do believe they can beat Kansas City, by the way. The Tampa Bay defense is quick enough to do that. Now, if they if they let them play, that's key. If they if they call what they didn't call in the Green Bay game and it's tightly officiated, that hurts Tampa. That hurts Tampa a little bit. But man, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to to Tom Brady and go ahead and say, look, when when Joe Montana finished, everyone was like, oh, that's the goat right there. Then Tom Brady kept winning Super Bowls and kept winning Super Bowls and kept winning Super Bowls. And if, and has he ever embarrassed himself in public? Has he ever handled himself inappropriately? No. Seems like a pretty class guy. I'm good with that. Still like my guy. Aaron's a little too smart for his own good sometimes, but I still like him. 27 minutes after the hour. Come back with the big story. Don't miss it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I am fair. I am good. I'm a happy example. Glenn is on 9 to noon. I am stronger every day on WFLA. Hang on here. Got to put a sticky note back in place. I'm missing one, it looks like. Okay. Let's see how it's going to be. Not a sticky note, a sticky dot. Sorry, I got these dots. I got to get new ones. I got to get stickier sticky dots. Got our The board has got to be set up a certain way, and if the cleaning crew comes in here and messes it up, I am just toast. Unless I have it, like, let's just take a picture. It's not that simple. It's just, it's not that simple. Good morning. Morning show with Preston Scott. I'm Preston. That's Grant. And it's great to be with you. It is uh, show number 4399, Monday, February 1st, my son Jordan's birthday. And uh, day 13 of the siege. Um, Let's get right to it. Project Veritas. The voice you're about to hear first is Mark Zuckerberg. In his first day, President Biden already issued... A number of executive orders um, on areas that we as a company really care uh, quite deeply about. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to Alexander Navalny in Russia, and Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power, and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. We agree with that. Mark will be very clear about that. 
that ideally we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically uh, 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 agreed uh, rules and principles. Um, and at the moment, those democratically, elect, uh, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take decisions in real time. We have a system that uh, is able to freeze commenting on threads in cases where our systems are uh, detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence sort of in the comments. These are all things we've built over the past three, four years. Just stop right there. They've got an insider, Project Veritas, someone that is a whistleblower inside Facebook is giving them the links and the passwords so they can record these meetings. It's horrifying. But it's not at all surprising. Before you say, well, it's a private, they can do what they want. Uh, they're getting protections from, from certain types of litigation by Congress because they're a social media platform that doesn't engage in any censoring or editing. Those protections should be stripped of them. And then they can do whatever they want. But you watch what happens if that takes place. The, the, the Brit that you heard is Nick Clegg. Stating very categorically clear that they are engaging in censorship because they think it's important and they will determine what's appropriate. And these leaders from other countries, you think it's just us? Leaders of other countries are expressing concern because they're not using, quote, democratic principles of free speech. They're censoring. They say, yeah, we'd love to be able to use democratic principles, but it's not. How different is that than... What the the nerdy little guy with Obama said, uh, Jonathan um, Gruber, when he said, you know, we'd love to tell the truth. We'd love to not lie to pass Obamacare, but we had to lie. And I'd rather have the law than not. I mean, this is staggering. 40 minutes after the hour have to love him just like him on facebook at preston scott show this is one of the two battlefronts out there is social media you know some of you didn't think i was serious when i said yeah i'm not going to post on facebook anymore i'm not I don't see a scenario where I will ever return. Sorry. We'll do this the way we used to do it, without any of this stuff. And I'm challenging you to engage in a fast of it and see if it makes sense for you. See if your life just simplifies a little bit and you have less angst in your life and you have a little more clarity. You never change anybody's mind in social media worlds. You just don't. That's cool. I'll just, I, I just think about this. Twitter, Twitter employees gave Democrat to Republican 98 to 
98% to 2%. Twitter employees gave almost $800,000 to Democrats, 12000 to Republicans. On top of that, and this is Politico now, I'm quoting Politico. Twitter gave Biden a priceless gift when they banned Trump. Amazon, Google, Microsoft among Biden's inaugural committee donors. Additionally, the transition team, nine, at least nine different team members for Joe Biden or advisors previously worked at Facebook, Google, or Twitter. Why even bother? That's why this happens. This story is the story of Colleen Ophelline. Colleen is, uh, was a worker as an associate literary agent with Jennifer DiChiara Literary Agency. She got fired. She didn't get fired because she posted anything that was inappropriate. No. She got fired because she opened accounts on Parlor and Gab. It had nothing to do with what she said on any platform. The fact that she opened an account at Parlor or Gab got her fired with the head of the agency. The Jennifer D. Chiara Literary Agency was distressed to discover this morning, January 25th, that one of our agents has been using the social media platforms Gab and Parlor. We do not condone this activity. And we apologize to anyone who's been affected or offended by this. Oh, my gosh. The Jennifer DiChiara Literary Agency has in the past and will continue to ensure a voice of unity, quality, and one that is on the side of social justice. As of this morning, Colleen Ophelein is no longer an agent at this agency. Ophelein wrote, well, thanks, Twitter and J.D. Lit Agency. I just got fired because I'm a Christian and a conservative. Now, she has a lawsuit. Good for her. Now, I don't know that she's going to sue. I'm saying she has one. Her having an account on a social media platform that they don't agree with can't make that grounds for firing. If you if, if there's a tweet that discredited the agents, but being having an account? Last time I checked, that's actually discrimination <laughs> then we need to check into everybody's accounts right everybody at the agency and the agency's gonna have a tough time there they're gonna have a tough time i hope she sues there's no evidence she ever posted anything objectionable but that's where this is going and that's why that is a battlefront social media is a battlefront 46 minutes after the hour man i'm already behind it's the morning show with Preston Scott. You're there quickly and safely. Traffic and weather on the tens. It's the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. All right, 52 
minutes after the hour. TPD Chief Lawrence Revel in just a little bit. Join us on the phone. National correspondent Rory O'Neill at the bottom of the next hour. Dr. Joe Camp scheduled to join us as well. You never know. He is a surgeon. But um, I saw this story and it got me thinking. I don't know if you... I do this. I torture myself by thinking through what-if scenarios. If I were to ever be in that spot, even though I wouldn't, in this case, trapped by an avalanche, a couple of skiers in Utah triggered an avalanche, and one got out of it and got away, the other didn't. They haven't found him, at least to the best of my knowledge. They haven't found him yet. May not at this point. Don't know. But if you think about being trapped in that wall of snow and assuming that you aren't thrown against rocks and, you know, and killed that way, how would you survive? What would you do if you were in an avalanche? And it, and it actually, I, I, I thought about it, and I had a few things that I was right, because I looked it up. I, I did some research here. I think I'm going to just stay in Florida. That's my answer. That's a good answer, too. <laughs> Don't get in one. I'm just not going to go. <laughs> yeah. But there were a couple of these that, yeah, I, I, I knew, I figured out the answer to. The, the rest, I, I got through researching. Number one, I had, and that was have a beacon. Um, Garmin makes a couple of versions. Um, There are others that make them. There are actually avalanche beacons that are out there specifically for that. And they're activated and it locates you within like a meter or two. And so if you've got one of those, then, then rescuers can potentially find you. So that's to me a no-brainer. You you put one of those on a carabiner and and off you go, right? Okay. I didn't know this. There is something to surviving one of these that's a little bit like a riptide. Swim. Just if go at with all it. possible. Do everything humanly possible to stay on top of it, to ride the wave, to swim on top, and and if you can, swim, get to the side of it as, as much as possible. So if you're able, you hear it coming, you're able to, you go sideways. You don't, you'll never beat it. You you go sideways. You 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 and if you can't, you try to stay on top of it. And if you can't do that, experts say violently thrash around so you don't sink you sink as little as possible through the midst of it another one harder than than it might be initially is you reach up you keep an arm up as you're flailing you keep arms up reaching to the sky inevitably you might be tumbling though here is the brilliant immediately you, you try to stay calm. You've got 15 minutes, basically, to try to create some space for breathing and so forth in snow. Snow's remarkably insulated. They say start spitting immediately. 
you start spitting because it can save your life. It opens up space in front of your mouth so you can begin to breathe. In front of your face so you can begin to breathe. And then here's the bonus tip. When you spit, if you can, create enough saliva where you can pay attention to where it's dripping. If it's dripping down off your lower lip, dig up. If it's dripping off your upper lip, dig down. You got turned upside down. Pay attention to gravity of your spit. Look at that. We just helped you save your life in an avalanche. Where did it go? Where'd the first hour go? My word. Hour number two, the morning show with Preston Scott, show number 4399, day 13 of the siege. Monday, February the 1st, otherwise known as my son Jordan's birthday. Great to be with you this morning. Grant Allen over there in Studio 1A. I am here in Studio 1B, and I am joined as I am for the first Monday of each month by the Chief of Police for the City of Tallahassee, one the only Chief Lawrence Revel. Chief, how are you, sir? Good morning, my friend. How are you? Well, now that I'm COVID-free... Well, I mean, I've tested negative twice, so I'm clear. I'm good. How are you? Good deal. I'm doing great. Doing great. Last week, I had Mayor John Daly, and we talked about the uh, the shortage uh, that you have in terms of staffing, the 38 positions you and I talked about last month, and he mentioned the swearing in of new officers. Tell us how many new officers you have. Yeah, we were very excited about that. We had eight new police officers and four new community service technicians, which is a program I talked about when I was applying for the job, and, and we finally got uh, that up and, and moving and swore in our first uh, first four CSTs as well. I want to talk about that, but but let's talk about the, the men and women that are actually on the streets as officers first. Um, we talked about recruiting last time we were there, and I jokingly mentioned, although not really, Maybe it's time to throw some billboards up in parts of the country where they're not being so kind to police officers. Welcome, welcome them to Florida and a tax-free environment with their wages. What do you think, Chief? I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we. Uh, I mentioned that to uh, Deputy Chief uh, Smith. Um, you know, we. She's in charge of our, our recruiting and is developing a, a comprehensive plan um, that's going. You're going to see billboards around town. Um, you're going to see some you know, recruiting videos and other things that we're doing. Um, but, yeah, I mentioned the fact that, you know, that, that idea of putting them in places where, um, you know, officers aren't being funded and officers aren't being supported um, is, a, is a great idea. Well, the bottom line, though, is if, if there are, you know, uh, law enforcement officers in other municipalities, isn't it a shorter distance for them to be qualified to serve in another police department because they've gone through so much training and, and other forms of accreditation? Uh, if they're in Florida, um, then, then yes. Um, if they come from another state, it's a little more complicated. Okay. Um, you know, they, they have to be certified here. Uh, but, yeah, pre-sworn officers uh, are, you know, about six to eight months ahead of someone that, you know, would need to go to the academy. And typically, you know, since they've done the job, you know, can can get through the FTO program, um, 
with much more success. Well, let's talk about the the, the nuts and bolts of recruiting then, Chief, um, in terms of are you offering signing bonuses? What about the academy and the costs of going through it, et cetera? Yeah, we do. I mean, we do a, a lot of different things to include uh, bonuses of up to $11,000. And there's a there's a thousand dollar bonus um, for for everyone, and then there's up to ten thousand dollars in bonus uh, for previous experience and and uh, uh, several different things that come into play um, with your experience and and you know that'll determine what that dollar amount is. But it can be up to eleven thousand dollars, and we also have what we call the viable candidate program, um, which means that. You know, the academies are typically in January and in July. Um, and if you come in and let's say, you know, you apply in February and we decide to hire you, we will go ahead and hire you and put you to work within the police department um, for that four months um, until that next academy starts as a viable candidate um, so that, you know, we don't lose that applicant. Um, and, you know, it allows you to, to see the inner workings of the department kind of move around. Um you know, that those are just two things that we do. We sponsor people to go to the academy. Um, we will pay you, you know, while you're in the academy um, so that, you know, you don't try to have to hold down two jobs. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, we're, we're on the forefront of many of those things, um, but it's just tough. You know, it's, it's a tough profession, and, and it really takes somebody who wants to, to serve and protect this community um, to get into this profession, especially right now. Chief, stand by. Little little look at weather and traffic for 70 seconds. First, for some of you in the listening area, 10 minutes after the hour, Tallahassee Police Chief Lawrence Revel with me on the morning show with Preston Scott. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Justice and the American way. Like Superman, only with a microphone. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. 11 minutes after the hour, Tallahassee Police Chief Lawrence Rebel with me for a couple more segments. Chief, you mentioned customer service technicians. Huh? Yep. <laughs> what, yeah, what, are, what is that? Um, they are civilian officers um, that work low-priority calls, like cr- traffic crashes, um, anything where a suspect's not on scene. Um, they can process scenes, um, and, and they are a, an invaluable tool. Um, for us to take some of the the um, many calls that we have off of the officers, so that they can the sworn officers, so that they can respond uh, to the more serious crimes. So it's a it's a force multiplier. Um, it, it definitely helps us, um, you know, in every area of town. And we just hired four, and and we're looking for four more. So, for example, if someone has a car broken into, there's nothing actively going on. And they need somebody to come out and, you know, take some pictures, see what's going on, and get a report. That's the type of thing these folks would do? That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, any, any um, 
you know, call that is not a priority call um, in the sense that it's in progress or there's a suspect on scene um, they can handle. Chief, are and, they are know, they are they armed? They are not. No, they are not armed. They are not sworn. They are um, civilian um, members of the department. Uh, so they're not they're not armed. They're 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 uh, like I say they're in a. Um, the uniform looks completely different. Okay. Uh, you know, they don't look anything like a police officer, so we, we make sure we don't uh, have that mistaken identity. Um, they wear really bright, um, kind of that traffic yellow um, shirts um, so that you know that. Um, the city has, has bought them electric cars um, and part of the move for the city, you know, um, uh, to be more energy efficient. Um, and the cars, you know, <laughs> look completely different. So you'll see those out as well. Okay. All right. So how many of these positions are you hopefully going to have overall under the, you know, perfect scenario? Eight. Um, yeah, that puts two, two in each uh, quadrant, um, you know, and they will work um, 10 a.m. Uh, to 7, uh, what is it, 8 p.m., I think it is. Um, and, you know, so they're, they're there to handle that, that big five o'clock push and help with, with that as well. Um, and then they're out in the middle of the day to, to help with those calls, you know, delayed burglaries and, and those type of things. Do they have any investigatory prowess or skill set that, that they develop in this, or does that get handed over to detectives? For example, you mentioned in a quadrant, I'm assuming that they might work the same quadrant in order to identify any trends or something like that. Do they, If they notice something, do they hand that over to detectives, or do they do some bird-dogging themselves? Uh, you know, we, we always encourage um, officers, and we'll encourage the CSTs, too, to, to take that initiative and, and take a case as far as you want. You know, our our investigators are just like the rest of the officers and, and, you know, have more cases than they know what to do with. So right. Anytime an officer or a CST wants to take that further, the, the investigators are more than, than willing to allow them to do that. But typically um, they would do that with some oversight of, of an investigator. Chief, you know the numbers well. Um, certain crimes are up. Certain crimes are down. One thing that is kind of interesting, though, is arrests are 40% down over a period of time now compared to maybe a previous time, roughly a year ago or so. What do you make of that? Well, you know, I mean, I think there's many contributing factors. The Obviously, COVID has, has had a huge impact on that um, in the sense that some of the uh, minor crimes, you know, that... Uh, we can NTA for we do that. Um, you know, the numbers, uh, you know, I, I think people staying inside more has a lot to do with it. You know, they're not out and about. They're not getting into to as much as, as they did before, um, especially with the bars and the clubs and things like that. that you know, typically, when alcohol is involved, will lead to other types of, of arrests. Um, so I, I, COVID is probably the biggest thing, and, and the people is just, confinement okay chief stand by we've got a little bit of a break here come back when we come back we'll talk about the citizens police review board as well as cases on the morning show with preston scott FLA at WFLAFM.com on your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like alexa google home xbox and sonos and iHeart's radio station
22 minutes after the hour, final few minutes with Chief Lawrence Revel, Tallahassee Police Department. And Chief, the new Citizens Police Review Board has been appointed. What are your expectations about working with this group? You know, I look forward to working with them, Preston. I, you know, I'm, I'm always open to people coming in and, and looking at what we're doing and, and making suggestions um, on, on things that, that we can do better. Um, I think this group will bring a, a unique perspective to, to that. And, and you know, I, I think that the relationship can be very positive in the sense that, you know, that they're, they're going to look at things we do and make suggestions on how to do them better. And, you know, and I encourage everybody to do that. They will all be required, though, to go through the Citizens Academy, correct? That is my understanding, yes. And part of that is doing a ride-along? Correct. Do you try to expose them then in the ride-alongs to that time period and parts of town that present the biggest challenges to your officers? Uh, You know, we typically make sure that whomever they're riding with and whatever zone that they're riding in, that they they get to some of a, a good variety of calls, I guess is the best way to say it. Okay. You know, we, we make sure that they don't necessarily have to stay in that one zone. You know, if, if there's a, a call or a disturbance or something over there that, that um, you know, is a typical call for us and they haven't gotten to see yet, then the officers, you know, usually try to do a really good job of getting them over to see that type of call. So, um, yeah, we try to make sure that that experience, you know, gets them to a variety of, of things that we deal with on a regular basis. Chief, in the final moments here, let's talk about cold cases. And in this case, maybe cases that go from cold to warm. Um, first, does TPD have a, a an investigator or two or three devoted to cold cases? Or do investigators kind of stay connected to them over years as they age in the department? How does it work? Uh, we do. We have a cold case unit um, that, that has two investigators in it. Um, we also have, you know, one of the things we've done um, since I became chief is to make sure that we bring back a lot of our retirees that have experience in that um, areas or, or in different areas mm-hmm. you know, and let them work in, in the areas where they have expertise. Um, and we have uh, some that are helping in cold cases as well. So they're very active in there. They, they've done some great work um, in, in some of those cases. Um, you know, just again, looking through all those details and, and, and combing through them to, to see if there's anything that we can do additional. And, and in several cases, they, they have been able to do stuff. So um, they, they do a phenomenal job in there. Maybe a sentence on any of these cases, to whatever extent you can comment on them. The Sims family murders, uh, probably the oldest unsolved case, maybe in the state of Florida. Yeah, maybe that, that one's with the the sheriff's department. Okay, um, but but yeah, I, I think anytime we can bring you know just remind ourselves that these cases are still out there, and if anybody has information on them, you know, please come and, and let us know. You know that that one certainly is probably the longest open. Then there's a state worker that disappeared. I want to say 2006, maybe Allie Gilmore. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, again, just, you know, no, no new leads on that one. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the investigators I know, um, continue to work on, on that one and continue to look for leads, you know, with it. So, 
uh, again, there's there's people out there that know what happened. There's people out there that know where you know um, where where these people are or what happened in those situations, and and so um, or heard somebody talk about it. Sure. You know, and, and you know, you just need that one break for somebody to come forward and say, "Hey, I heard so and so talking about this," or I, "I know this happened back then." Um, you know, and, and help that fam- help those families get closure. Last one in a sentence or two. Do you expect the case of the second trial of Catherine McBanawa to take place this year? I, I am very hopeful, uh, very very hopeful that it will. Um, you know, the, again, uh, the investigators have just done phenomenal. Yeah, I say all the time, our men and women are the best in the world, and, and they truly are. Um, the investigators have just done a phenomenal job in that case. Um, they will continue to work with with Jack and the state attorney's office. Um, and, and like I say, I'm, I'm very hopeful that they can get that trial. Chief, thanks so much for what you do. Our thanks to the men and women who serve and uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you, Preston. Good talking to you, buddy. Thank you. Chief Lawrence Rebel with us this morning. Of course, uh, Catherine McBann with a case of the murder of FSU law professor Dan Markell. We've followed that closely here on the morning show with Preston Scott. Listen to your opinions, Dan tell you you're wrong the morning show with preston scott on news radio 100.7 wfla news team assemble and we have gathered together yet again on march on this uh monday sorry february the first i had march in my head i was looking at a story that had march in it and i just sorry spaced out Ooh, that, that turns out to be an awkward thing. Uh, that's Grant Allen over there in Studio 1A. I'm here in Studio 1B. Joining me, National Correspondent Rory O'Neill. Rory, SpaceX has been in the news a lot lately. I mean, 143 satellites in one launch. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And this week's going to make it worse. What's, what is on the schedule? Well, we've, if things work out for SpaceX, they'll have three launches this week, two of them from Cape Canaveral, another one from the facility in Boca Chica, Texas, which is way down on the Mexican border. Uh, the two launches from the Cape are your standard now Starlink missions on the Falcon 9, but it's a big test for the uh, spaceship SN9 that will be tested like, uh, maybe more likely tomorrow, judging by the road closure announcements that we're getting. That's how we learn stuff is when we close the roads around the launch site. When when we're talking about SpaceX, it's it's tough for me because I mean I grew up heading to Cape Canaveral watching these launches every now and then. Are they in danger of making this so pedestrian people don't pay attention? Well, that's the that's the goal, isn't it? We don't run to the airport every time a plane lands, do we? Uh, And it's almost getting to be that way. Hey, hey, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Two launches, one from Pad Thirty Nine A, the other thirty from Launch Complex Forty. Yeah, it's it's a busy time uh, along the space coast. It's incredible. The International Space Station is kind of it uh, when it comes to uh, men, women up in space right now. There's a spacewalk planned. What's the purpose? Uh, we've got it going underway right now. So there's two astronauts are stepping outside, Michael Hopkins and Victor Glover. Uh, they're doing some housekeeping, really battery replacement work. They're going to install some new HD cameras. But this is also important because they're setting up for a future mission uh, later this year. They're going to replace those giant solar panels. Uh, some of them are almost 20 years old. So uh, they're going to keep this thing going, plugging along and doing all the research up there in orbit. What have we been told about the new president and his administration's view of the Space Force? Frustratingly little. 
we don't know. It, it wasn't really a campaign topic. Normally it comes up a lot as they, uh, you'll, you'll hear politicians talk about it to win Florida votes. Uh, we didn't hear much about it at all, I think, because of the pandemic and the candidates just weren't here, you know, trying to win that Florida vote. Um, yeah, President Trump established the Space Force, really reorganizing some of the things that were already in place. Uh, exactly how much of that reorganization stays in place is still a bit of a mystery. We don't even have really a new sitting administrator for NASA yet. We haven't gotten uh, Jim Bridenstine's replacement. So it's, it does not appear to be a priority for the Biden administration for now. What does that then translate to as it relates to just commercial space endeavors in general? Well, it's going to come down to, you know, now we shift from the executive branch to the congressional branch and how much money they can shoehorn into the budget. It does hover around $20, $22 billion a year. That number's been pretty flat, really, for more than a decade. Uh, and if some senators from Florida or, or House members from Florida can, and, and Texas and Alabama uh, can get more money in that budget to get this next SLS rocket that's going to eventually take humans to the moon and to Mars. Um, that's really what it's going to take, because it doesn't look like there's going to be leadership on that issue from the White House. Rory, thanks for the time this morning. All right, we'll be in touch. All right, Rory O'Neill with us this morning, national correspondent. He has uh, covered the space program for years, certainly a sweet spot for him. He knows more. He's forgotten more than I know about the space program. But uh, he'll be stepping in, uh, I think, for the foreseeable future as our national correspondent here on The Morning Show. 40 minutes after the hour, Dr. Joe Camp scheduled to join us next. You, the facts. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Just reminded somebody sending me a link. Don't send me a link to anything Facebook. I don't click anything related to Facebook. I'm off. Uh, not sure everybody in iHeart's happy with me, but that's okay. If you want to talk to me, Preston at iHeartRadio.com. Time for healthy expectations, isn't it? Isn't it? Time to have some healthy expectations for a change. We're joined by Dr. Joe Camps. Dr. Camps, good morning, my friend. And how are you pressing today? Well, now that I've tested twice negative, well, three times total, but I went through the fast testing and then the two-day testing for COVID over the uh, weekend. And uh, I got a tip of the cap to FAMU, man. They handle that one-hour stuff really well. Well, you know, I've heard that. And um, I think kudos go out to the people that are administered in all of the not only um, the testing, but the vaccinations as well. And uh, mm-hmm. things seem to be running very smooth. I'm I'm fairly happy with that. But, you know, we've had this notion around for a long time that if I'm a little bit overweight, but I'm very active, it sort of balances out. In fact, um, I think this is a view that's held by a number of people. And I came across a very interesting study that was done uh in Spain, and uh, basically they they looked at about 30% of the participants were at ideal body weight, 30% were considered overweight, and um, about 30% were obese. The body mass index was greater than 30. Now, I, I, if everybody on the whole radio show wants to get upset, I'd ask you to calculate your BMI, <laughs> and please... Don't get upset with me, but uh, you can go online and look up BMI calculation, but it's height divided by weight and a conversion factor of 703, and you multiply that. So if you're uh, between 18 and 25, you're great. 
Um, if you're 25 to 30, you're considered overweight. And if your body mass index is greater than 30, you're considered obese. And basically what was happening here with this study is they were trying to determine uh, if an active lifestyle being overweight would improve your cardiac health. And unfortunately, it did not. Um, a number of those patients that were overweight uh, had uh, hypercholesterolemia, uh, diabetes, and hypertension, which negatively affected the heart. So that myth of if uh, if I'm I'm overweight but I'm physically fit, it's okay. It does not work. So I want everybody to to, to hear that. The one thing I did learn in this study that that I already knew, but if you have a sedentary lifestyle, and that basically is a lifestyle that does basically nothing, sort of what. COVID has done to a lot of us, uh, basically um, that's a risk factor that's higher than diabetes or smoking. So um, I think um, the idea this morning is is that we want to be physically fit and, and maintain an active lifestyle, but certainly we need to get rid of the pounds. And uh, if you want a real rude awakening, calculate your BMI. And if you don't have to do that, you can go online and look up calculation of BMI, put the numbers in and see where you fall. So uh, uh, that's something that uh, I've, I've even done mine in the past and um, was not real happy with it because it, it said I was a little bit overweight and I think that I'm in pretty good shape. So uh, this, this study got my own attention and certainly has encouraged me to uh, pay more attention to uh, the caloric intake that, that we all do. So that's my message for today, Preston. Um, I think it's a good one. Uh, it's a wake up to reality, um, but but certainly we have the ability to do something about that. Yeah, I think the frustration starts to sit in with some people, Joe, when they when they just can't find the right mix of eating that works uh, to reduce their their weight. Hey, you know, it's a real problem. It's been a problem forever, um, but it certainly contributes to. Um, your health. Um, oh, absolutely. That I, and I, I tell you, but you know, Americans, if you look worldwide, um, we're we're some of the the more more overweight people in the world. And I think that's because, um, despite some of our, our shortcomings, we we live in a, a very um, um, uh, industrial uh, society that provides a, a lot of things right at our fingertips that are probably not good for us fast foods, soft drinks, those kinds of things. So encouragement to look at your uh, BMI and uh, make some decisions for your health. Dr. Camps, thanks for the time today, my friend. Hey, my pleasure. I'll talk to you next week, Preston. Thank you, sir. Dr. Joe Camps with us this morning. It's Chex Mix. Chex Mix is the the, uh, the big problem. Stumbling block for many. Not all, but many. 46 minutes after... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Morning show with Preston Scott. I say this calls for action and now nip it in the bud. On News Radio 100.7 WFLA.
right, I'm going to let you listen to all of this. This is just a portion of what's on the blog page at WFLAFM.com. Project Veritas has done it again. This time they've got a whistleblower inside Facebook and they have the entire basically leadership Q&A with its employees that took place a few days ago, starting with Mark Zuckerberg. In his first day, President Biden already issued a number of executive orders um, on areas that we as a company really care uh, quite deeply about. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to Alexander Navalny in Russia, Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. We agree with that. Mark would be very clear about that, that ideally we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically uh, 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 agreed uh, rules and principles. Um, and at the moment, those democratically elect, uh, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take decisions in real time. We have a system that uh, is able to freeze commenting on threads in cases where our systems are uh, detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence sort of in the comments. These are all things we've built over the past three, four years as part of our investments into the integrity space or efforts to protect elections. I wonder whether or not we can use Oculus to help a white police officer understand what it feels like to be a young black man who's stopped and searched and arrested by the police. And I want every major decision to run through a civil rights lens. I think that these were, were all important and positive steps. And um, I, I am looking forward uh, to, to opportunities where Facebook is gonna be able to work together uh, with this new administration um, on some of their top priorities, starting uh, with the COVID response. Where do I begin with how cosmically stupid and yet at the same time horrifying this all is? Now, I've got the full one hour from Project Veritas on the blog page, wflafm.com slash Preston. Get it while you can see it. Let's work backwards. Mark Zuckerberg. We are anxious to work with the Biden administration. So they made a calculated decision to not work with the Trump administration on COVID. This is a calculus you better understand. It's the same calculus that led certain governors, mayors, city officials to hurt their communities. Allowing people to die, allowing businesses to go under, allowing people to just, you know, find themselves so depressed and forlorn, they just ended their own life. In order to reflect poorly on the Trump administration. That's the calculus here. We would, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, we would rather not help in any way, shape, or form. Same thing Amazon did with, we can help with distribution. Where were you before? 
Were you stepping up before? How about the the guy in their civil rights division? He is, uh, I got his name here. Roy R. Austin. Let's put a white officer in an Oculus to see what it's like to be a black kid getting searched and arrested. Okay, if that makes you feel better. I'm guessing that the officer is going to comply, though. I'm just saying, if you comply, things simplify dramatically. I got to stop there. There's so much more to talk about, but they admitted to their bias and censoring. Uh, Geologist Greg Wrightstone next. the morning gone it's already the final hour of the morning show with preston scott good morning monday february 1st otherwise known as my son jordan's 31st birthday happy birthday son i love you it is show 4399 and day 13 of the siege we are joined by the executive director of the co2 coalition He's author of the book, Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. Another book is in the works. He is geologist by trade. He is Greg Wrightstone. Hello, Greg. Hi. You mean you're telling me it's been less than two weeks since the inauguration? Doesn't it feel like about a year? Friend, uh... I, I just saw the, the, the number of all time. First, the guy who said ruling by executive order makes one a dictator issued 25 executive orders in his first seven to ten days donald trump the evil ruling one six Mm. well and some of them were pretty harmful um and i think that's what you have me on to talk about those ones related to climate change and greg i'm i'm scared of what we're going to face for at least two years here yeah because you know he made a lot of promises when he was running, Yep, and they were really – you and I and your listeners all knew that there's, there's no way we're going to get to net zero in the time frame he wanted. We knew that you, you can't go to all electric cars in 15 years or whatever, and that we can't have all solar and wind created electricity in a short time frame. And I, I just said, you know, he's not actually going to do this, is he? And then on day one and day two – uh, he did it. He, he signed these executive orders, uh, first killing uh, around 12,000 jobs with the XL pipeline, which halted uh, what would have been 830,000 barrels of oil coming into the United States, uh, making us more energy dependent on the Middle East. Um, and probably more importantly, halted leasing and all new lease, leasing and permitting on federal lands. Uh, which is terribly destructive, especially to the states of Wyoming, uh, Colorado, and especially uh, New Mexico. Uh, I just didn't think he was going to do it. I said, but he, he's apparently committed to this this notion of, of man-made catastrophic warming and that we're causing it, and, and he, he's going to act on what he thinks, or what, at least what he's being told, I guess, by his handlers. Well, let me ask you to react to this. Uh, this is Chuck Schumer with Rachel Maddow. I think it might be a good idea for President Biden to call a climate emergency. Hmm. Why? Because there he can. It relates to what you're saying. Then he can do many, many things under the emergency powers of the president that wouldn't have to go through that he could do without legislation. 
Greg. That's again exactly scary. what you're talking about. Scary. Scary. It's it's. I think they're overreaching, but the and you know America. Most Americans that voted for Joe Biden didn't vote for this. There were a percentage that did, but I think a lot of people thought he was a moderate and he was just going to do incrementally uh, progressive things, but nothing this radical that he's been doing. Um, so I, I think it's a matter of overreach. But the damage that he's doing, even if even if the Republicans, with along with maybe some independents, take over the House and the Senate in two years, the damage is going to be long-lasting. It, the damage will be decades long, because there are projects that are being killed now that will probably never get back on the boards again. Um, the last Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, for example, largest accumulation possibly of undeveloped oil in North America down the drain because of this this issue. Um, he may lead to the the North Slope pipeline. This is something you've probably not heard about. And your listeners haven't. It's operating now about seventy percent of capacity due to the just natural declining production up there. At some point in the future, that that pipeline coming down from Prudhoe Bay is going to have to be abandoned uh, and decommissioned. That Arctic National Wildlife Refuge oil was going to come through that and probably extend that pipeline for another oh, probably several decades uh, with the amount of oil that would be coming through it gone. Um, that would strand all that oil up in the North Slope uh, to never be produced. Greg, stand by. Stand by. We've got to take a quick check for weather and traffic. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott. Live, local land, laughter. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Last time Greg Wrightstone was with us, he talked a little bit about the CO2 Coalition. He's the executive director. We're going to get to that because I want, Greg, you to have the opportunity to explain to our listeners what that is and how it functions and whether or not it's going to have any kind of seat at the table. But I want to talk a little. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Further about these pipelines, whether it's the Keystone XL or the one you just told us about, that could end up being decommissioned if this goes the way it's going right now. A lot of people think this is about the environmental concerns of the disruption through the pipeline. This is about end-user stuff because there is no argument when you replace carrying this oil with trains, with trucks, with the safety and the lack of, of, of footprint that a pipeline creates. So this is really about ending the industry, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, that's his goal. Uh, he doesn't want any more oil, oil. More, it's easy for me to say, more oil production. He wants to end all fossil fuel power generation. He wants their their goal is to get rid of all CO two emissions in the United States, and they aim to do it by making all the energy that's used from fossil fuels, that's gasoline, diesel, natural gas, and coal fired electricity. They mean their their object is to increase the cost of all that to every one of your consumers and every one of your listeners. That and what does that mean? 
when the energy costs might quadruple or quintuple or whatever the next thing is that's the six times, uh, uh, it's it's going to affect everything that uses electricity. That means all goods and services will increase in cost. Your your buying power is going to be decreased, uh, and it's also what we would call a regressive taxation scheme. In other words, the poorest among us the, would pay the highest percentage of their income uh, for this. So the the, the bulk of this uh, pain would go on the poorest among us. Uh, that's that's just not right. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly. Um, it's again, it's an overreach on their part, but by, the damage will be done and. Uh, the damage will be maybe not permanent, but but long term. Uh, it's going to be hard to turn a an aircraft carrier on a dime, and uh, so this this is this is just bad news for. And again, it increases costs for everybody. And talk about that. Uh, his plan for climate uh, was a two trillion dollar plan. The cost for that over his four year plan was almost seventeen thousand dollars per household. Uh, I don't think there are many of your listeners that want to fork over seventeen thousand uh, dollars to try and change and control the uncontrollable. By that, I mean the temperature of the Earth. Well, we're not even talking about the fact that these other forms of energy that they they continue to crow about aren't even remotely efficient. Oh no, they're. What we need is reliable. There are three descriptives, reliable, abundant, and affordable. None of those descriptors can be used for wind or solar. Um, Nuclear is reliable and abundant, but it's not affordable. It's pretty expensive. Uh, The only ones that that meet those descriptions are coal and natural gas for electricity generation. And and what they're trying to do, too, bear in mind, uh, wind is only at a a small percentage of our electricity mix, mix right now. But they want us all to go over to electric vehicles, which will even put a bigger strain on the electric grid of of energy that we don't have. Uh, so I, I don't want to spend an hour or two hours recharging my electric car along the turnpike, or or have to park it every night and only have a 150 mile uh, mile range to drive. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Well, of course, they won't be impacted, though, Greg. They'll continue to use their vehicles, their Suburbans. They'll continue to use because they will be deemed as, as essential people to, to have those things. Yeah, and, and he's also, one of his executive orders was to transition all federal vehicles away from, uh, and make them all electric. Every single federal vehicle is going to be electric, except for his, of course. Of course. Can't have hey, that. Else, yeah. Hey, I want to. I'm going to share a little. Uh, uh, I want a little fist punch in the air for me. Uh, my book, Inconvenient Facts. Right now, I'm looking at it. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. Again, and three years after publication, number one bestseller this morning. It's been been there all week. So um, good. That does, that just doesn't happen with books to have a book this long. Hang on, Greg. We're going to pick up right there. I want to pick up with the book, and then I want to talk about the CO2 coalition and uh, more. I I could talk all day with him. Greg Wrightstone, author, geologist, and our guest on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. And free. And iHeart's radio station.
22 minutes after the hour, morning show with Preston Scott, final segment with our guest, Greg Wrightstone, is author of the book, Inconvenient Facts. Amazon Times, number one on the bestseller list. Three years later, Greg? Woo-hoo. So yeah, it's I get inc- see incredible. See, the Biden presidency is doing great things for your economy. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a while since that. I've been doing interview after interview. Just it's wearing me out. I got to tell you, but I love it, and we need to. I love exposing the fallacies of of man made apocalyptic catastrophic warming. You and I have talked many times that. I look at what's happening today, and I find uh, the modest warming combined with increasing CO2 is leading to an Earth that's thriving, prospering, and greening, and humanity's benefiting from climate change. And not by a little, it's by almost every metric. Things are getting better. The Earth's ecosystems are improving. They're not getting worse. We're not going into one fake catastrophe after another. Uh, welcome the warmth. Fear the cold. Fear the cold. It's always been that way. The cold periods were horrific. We've talked about that in the past. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we've got. So I've joined the CO2 Coalition as their executive director. We're a group of sixty of some of the top uh, scientists in the world. Uh, these are uh, physicists, astrophysicists, uh, climatologists, geologists. Uh, economics and energy professionals, uh, experts, um, includes Will Happer <clears throat> out of Princeton, who's an atmospheric physicist. Uh, he was in the Trump administration for a year before he walked away. Uh, but he's brilliant minds, Richard Lindzen out of MIT, a- a- astrophysicist, uh, Pat Michaels, climatologist and best-selling author. Uh, so we're fighting back on this notion that CO2 is a demon molecule. We we look at it and, and see it as the miracle molecule that it is, that all life on Earth benefits from more CO2. And but, but, Greg, with all the interviews that you're doing with the CO2 Coalition and its August members, and you and I both know there are many thousands and thousands of reputable climatologists and, and experts in various fields that agree that this man-made global warming thing is just a myth and it's designed to make people wealthy is what it is and it's more importantly designed to control people but are you getting a seat at the table are you for example who's calling you for interviews are you on cnn msnbc cnn nope exactly that's the problem i was on with laura ingram last week one american news uh I did a two-hour interview on Coast to Coast with George Norrie, which was, uh, he didn't want to talk about politics. He says, I want to talk about the science, and that's what we did. Two hours of, of, of going through a deep dive on that. Uh, got a tremendous response there. That's and awesome. That did, pretty- you, did you have to consult a Ouija board? <laughs> he wanted to he, he wanted to get down the rabbit hole a couple of times. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go there. And I, I said, oh, no, George. I, <laughs> yeah, and we discussed whether or not I should be on the show because we don't, and and we decided it'd be a good thing. And and what? Yep, yeah, are we preaching to the choir? Maybe, yeah, for the most part. But I want to provide the information yeah. for the people of your listeners so they they can be emboldened and heartened and give, given factual data to fight back about, against this. And and I, as before COVID hit, I was traveling all over the United States and consistently just random people i would speak to were just thirsty for this information that i had 
and it's I think the vast majority of people in the United States have this deep suspicion uh, that they're being lied to about climate change. I just it's people want to know this stuff and and that's why I think inconvenient facts uh has been so popular and continues to be popular because it's it's it, it presents things in an understandable readable readable manner right uh, and our our companion smartphone app uh, was also powerful it's it's down right now not available uh, I'm transferring ownership over to me and uh, making it 100% free because uh, I want them to get that information out there to the public uh, so it, it'll be down for another couple of weeks until we get it back up and transferred good stuff Greg, as always, thanks for your friendship and uh, coming on the program whenever possible. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Greg Wrightstone with us. Get the book, Inconvenient Facts. It's, it's, I've, I've had it sit next to me since it was released. Uh, we might have been one of his first interviews when he released the book. As a result, he's a friend. And this is information you need. And, of course, this is The Morning Show with Preston Scott. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Morning show with Preston Scott. You can't handle the truth. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. All right, I'm not going to play any more audio from uh, the Project Veritas release. Uh, You can go to the blog page and hear the whole thing. You will hear them admitting to bias. They don't frame it that way. They think they're doing honorably. You will hear them admit to censoring, but they say, look, we agree. What was the line? We agree with the idea of of the democratic principles of free speech, like all these world leaders believe we should be engaging, and we 100% agree, but not now. As you listen to that stuff, as a post-millennial, what do you think? Is that my official title? They're post-millennial. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Big shocker. I mean, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to big tech and how they really feel. I mean, the donor dollars that you talked about earlier in the first hour was ob- absolutely indicative. What was it like? I mean, it was... 98% to two Democrat to Republican yeah. inside Twitter. Well, That's I, just Twitter. And then Biden, who is filling his cabinet in different positions within the administration of the same big tech folks um, that are pushing this kind of censorship of conservatives. Now you shocker. Well, will your peers though, will your peers get to where they go? Yeah, wait, this is not cool. And, and it becomes an issue, not about Trump. It's not about conservatives. It's about, no, that's not cool. If they hear the story, 
if they know about it. Maybe. I I don't know. Maybe that's I, I, but I don't I don't know if they're even going to know about it. If that's even a thing that's on their radar because most of my generation gets their news from Twitter and Facebook. See, the the that's the danger here. You've got people being fired for even having an account, not their posts, having an account with Parler or Gab or maybe even MeWe. I don't know what other platforms are out there. But it's like, if you're not a member, you better be a member of nothing if you're not a member of Facebook and Twitter. You better be a member of nothing or you have a, you could be canceled. I don't know what's going to, I don't know what will happen if I'm ordered to post on Facebook. I'll probably order you to do it. Gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what, the, what I'll do. I, I, in good conscience, can't go there with this. And I haven't since I made the last announcement, the last post. I, I am getting deluged with texts. Hey, you know, you ought to check the Facebook page. You know, so-and-so has made a notification. Oh, you have, you have 5,000 notifications. Oh, you have so, you got a message from so-and-so. You might want to go check. Want to go check? I mean, I'm getting all of these enticements just to do anything to log back on. And I'm not. I'm not. If someone, I had somebody send me a link, listener to the program, very good guy, run into him from time to time in town, always enjoy sharing a little a, a visit with him. He said, here's a, something on Facebook you need to take a look at. No, send it to me another way. Copy and paste it, whatever. I'm not, click, I'm not clicking a link to a Facebook anything. They will have none of my clicks. I have but so many clicks to give for my nation, and I shall not click them once for Twitter or Facebook. I have but one click to give. <laughs> Yeah, no, can't go there. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Stay with me. 40 minutes after the hour of the morning show. First to know, the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Forty-one minutes after the hour of the morning show with Preston Scott. Tomorrow in the morning show, election reform. I'm going to disagree a little bit with the Heritage Foundation. We'll have a, we're going to have a conversation with somebody that's taken a view that, or supports a view that I think is a little wrong. So we'll see where that leads. We'll also talk about impeachment and censure with uh, Rick Manning. He's president of Americans for Limited Government and the craziness of the process but the danger that it uh it presents to you and me not because it's trump but because it's a private citizen take trump out of the equation the censure and impeachment of a private citizen and you can say all day long well that's because he was president yeah for now but we're heading that way we are heading that way where people that don't fall in line are going to get canceled out just keep that in mind all right I am a an admitted junkie on crime stories and unsolved crimes, cold cases. I am I'm 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 not obsessed. 
I'm just interested. I'm interested in how crimes get solved. If I could, I'd volunteer whatever spare time I have to help TPD and the sheriff's office solve crimes. I would do that. I would absolutely, I would be into give me the information and let me think on it. I have been fascinated with cases that have been unsolved. Um, like the murder of Jimmy Hoffa. I've tried multiple times to get Eric Sean on the program with Fox News. He has been doggedly pursuing this story for years. They may have something. They may have something. Hoffa disappears on July 30th, 1975. He's on his way to a meeting allegedly with mafia bosses. Among those... Uh, the head of the New Jersey Genovese crime family. Uh, he's also a Teamsters union leader, Anthony Tony Pro Provenzano. Hoffa is allegedly shot and killed. You know, he's in the front seat. He gets whacked, and it's and it's done. They have been led to now. Keep in mind, he's in Detroit when this happens. He's in the burbs, but. A guy named Frank Capola is the son of uh, Dad Paul Sr., Paul Capola Sr. He said his dad buried the remains of Hoffa in a steel drum in a New, in a New Jersey City dump just a few days after Hoffa disappeared. And he said, I know where it is. I know where, I know where this was. I know where it took place, and there's a it's, it's quite a story on, you know, because the FBI has long believed that basic scenario that Hoffa was put in a drum somewhere. They just, I mean, there've been rumors that he's buried in Giant Stadium. I mean, underneath the cement at Giant Stadium, where he'll never be uncovered. I mean, there are all kinds of stories, but this guy said, "All right, my dad's died. Most everybody involved in this crime is dead. I'm not in great health." I got to make sure somebody knows. And people that have studied this say this is the most credible lead on where Jimmy Hoffa and his body is that has ever existed. So what Fox does is they hire a company called Ground Penetrating Radar Systems. They bring out specialized radar and they go to this. It's now owned by New Jersey, the land. And so the New York, New Jersey government has access to this. It's not private held. It's it, And they hit this spot where, with this radar, and they determine two things. Because the story is that he was buried in a 55-gallon drum and put underneath a bunch of other metal drums and buried in a landfill. The, the ground radar determined two things at this exact site. One... This land was disturbed and a crater was dug out. And then land, dirt was placed and packed in. The second thing they determined is there are cylindrical metal objects roughly the size of drums buried down there. So now, because Fox does not have permission to dig, they're waiting to see if law enforcement will do some digging. And so it will be very interesting to see if, in fact they get some answers to the questions of whatever happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Some people don't care. He was a you know, he was kind of a dirty guy. He was 
mob guy in his own right. Others say, no, it's a crime, and it needs to be solved. I would be in that latter category myself, but I'm interested. 47 minutes after the hour, late, heading to break on The Morning Show. interesting information here at a friend of the radio program we have dozens of research assistants we we have a small staff but dozens of volunteer research assistants george sent this to me keystone pipeline 2147 miles long when completed would supply 830,000 barrels of oil per day tanker truck can carry 190 barrels of oil it would take 4368 trucks per day to haul that amount of oil 4300 plus trucks to haul the amount of oil that would go through the pipeline in one day but it would take three days to cover the 2147 miles an additional 4368 trucks would need to start a trip on the second day and another set of trucks the third day when you factor in the round trip, you've got a total of 26,208 trucks to haul what the pipeline could carry in one day. Factor in the miles per gallon, the number of gallons of gas, it would be just short of half a million dollars a day in diesel fuel alone. If you ship it by train, each tanker holds on the average 700 barrels of oil, so it takes 1,185 cars to haul the oil. Most tankers can uh, only have, most trains can only have 100 cars carrying oil, run about 40 miles per hour. So it would take over 10 trains to travel 900 miles a day for two and a half days by train, another 24 hours to unload the train. And then you've got empty track trains going up back up north. Then you've got tanker ships from Arabia, from the Arab nations, from OPEC nations, 27 days, 2 million barrels. So the point being, don't buy the notion that this is about the environment. This is about killing the fossil fuel industry, and then by extension, they think helping the environment. I maintain that the biggest issue is most people in the world don't know the difference between carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide. I believe most people view this as a problem of carbon monoxide. You know, that's the gas that people use to kill themselves when they want to commit suicide. They put a hose into their car from the back of the tailpipe and they they breathe in that. No, that's carbon monoxide. Carbon dioxide is a requirement for life. They don't actually think those are the same thing, right? I maintain that most people don't know the difference. Oh, my. That shit. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. If you think about it, the random average person that, oh, by the way, most don't consider climate change a top 10 problem, the average person that thinks it is, I bet they don't know the difference. 
most. That would be my bet. I could be wrong, but that would be my bet. It's the only thing that explains it. Carbon dioxide is a requirement for trees and grass and vegetation. It's a requirement. Got to have it. And in return, those trees produce oxygen. Got to have it. When Greg Rydstone says the slight warming, which is what the climate does from time to time, is actually essential. I think I have to play that, that other thing real quick. Brought to you by Barino Heating and Air. It's the Morning Show 180. There we go. WFLA. Yep, yep. We're out of time. I botched that whole last segment, but trust me, it was a good show. Give it a listen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.